We're on the last Let's Go sermon series, and so this is the last of our values. We've been journeying all the way through, you know, what should we do as a church and what should we not do? So the last value, we're saying we want to be focused. We want to allow ourselves to say no to good things so that we can stay focused on our shared vision. We reflect regularly to ensure we keep the main thing the main thing. Again, we want to stay focused. You know, in the late 1990s and 2000s, there was the rise of the personal digital assistant. Here's a picture of what I mean. They would make great stocking stuffers for the younger generation. You know, they, they wouldn't actually probably know how to use them because we're so used to our current iteration of the smartphone where we can do absolutely everything from a device in our pocket. But this is how it started. I, I actually remember sitting on the chairlift at Mount Washington going, hey, I can check my emails. <laughs> I can answer. I can do work. This is so convenient. And now I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> I just want to enjoy skiing. But here's the thing. Many of us emphasize our ability to multitask and do multiple things at once. However, after years of studies, science says that multitasking actually impairs our work and our ability to focus. It distracts us. We actually make more mistakes and it wears us out both mentally and physically. And according to the American Psychological Association, it can slow us down as much as 40%. So my question is, what's slowing down your ability to follow Jesus? What distracts us? What keeps us from running the race that God has called us to run? You know, it can be a myriad of things. It can be tech. It can be just our busy lifestyle. There's just so many options, so many notifications, so many things that keep us from being connected to God and running towards Him. What distracts you? What has your attention? What keeps you so busy? that you're not even focused on the race. You're not focused on what actually matters. Running towards Jesus. Today we're going to be talking about what it means to be focused. And the writer of Hebrews issues a call to focus, to fix our eyes on Christ. One thing. And the challenge for all of us is to throw off all those things that hinder. And keep us from locking eyes with Jesus. We're going to be talking about how do we throw off things individually? But how do we actually throw off things even as a church so that we can focus on Christ? Let's start with this. Let's start with, let's throw off the things that hinder. What does that mean? Let's look again at Hebrews 12.1. It says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I'm going to pause. 
This is actually written on the heels of Hebrew 11. It, it talks about all the men and women of faith who've ran the race, who've made it to the finish line. He's actually giving us this image of witnesses, of spectators. You're this image of, you know, when you're in a stadium watching a football game or a hockey game, and everyone's cheering. There's this cloud of witnesses cheering for those who are playing. And we read that these witnesses include Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and Rahab, and many others who have completed the task that God has given them. They've run the good race. They've made it to the finish line. In other words, there's many that have gone before us. There's a great history, a great legacy of people who are watching us, who are cheering us on as we're running the race, a difficult race, a hard race, a race where we're distracted, where we're going in many different directions, where we're going to be persecuted, where it's going to be hard to keep our focus. Ah, but by faith, many have completed this race. They've ran it well. And they're watching from heaven as we run our race. And then Hebrews 12, 1 says, let us throw off everything. Everything that hinders. Let's focus on the word Everything. Often we kind of just skip to the sin part. <laughs> you know, the sin that entangles. But actually, the author is saying, throw off absolutely everything that gets in the way of running the race. The good and the bad. And sometimes there's things in our life that are distracting us, that are keeping us from following Christ. And you'd say, those are good things. You know, our, our devices are considered good things. We can use them for good. But so often, they distract us. They suck us in. They keep us from actually running the race. You could be a, a person that we, we, we hold up too high, that we're following, that is leading us away. It can be, again, a myriad of things good things that keep us from running our race. And he's saying, throw it off. Focus your eyes on Christ. And of course, it says, throw off the sin that so easily entangles. And actually, he's talking about those specific sins that kind of trip us up. And we all know what those sins are in our own life. We actually don't have to guess. Why? Because deep down we know every single day what's entangling us, what's dragging us down, what's keeping us from focusing on Christ. You know, it might be our tendency to lust, and we know, but then we go a step further. 
you know, that, that it might be our tendency to be judgmental. And then we take a step further and we gossip and we cut others down. It might be our tendency to be dishonest and lie and hide the truth so that we look better than we actually are. So that we don't actually have to deal with the difficult things in our life. Or whatever it is, the author saying, throw it off. How many of you have gone on an overnight backpacking trip? Quite a few of you. You know, usually you will have to pack things like a tent, you know, a backpack, a sleeping bag, you know, water treatment, cooking supplies. But what's the big question that you need to ask yourself as you're packing all this stuff in? The question is, is it lightweight? And can you actually carry it to the destination? I think we need to ask the same question as a Christian, is what are you trying to carry as you're following Christ? What actually needs to go? And I have this picture of our Western culture, you know, trying to carry their lazy boy and their big screen TV on their back, and they're trying to follow Christ. And they're wondering why they're not moving. They're wondering why they're stuck. They're wondering why they can't (laughs) fix their eyes on Christ. Because we're packing so much of our own stuff. We're so distracted. And we're wondering why we're not being transformed. We're wondering why people are not coming to Christ. And if we look in our backpack... We're carrying way too many unnecessary things. The question is, is what is weighing us down? Another pastor put it this way. Sometimes it's the weight of outright sin. You know, there's things that we know are wrong (laughs) that we're simply unwilling to let them go. For example, if maybe you've heard the sermon, you've read scripture, the spirit of God has convicted you, and you're still holding on to that sin, no. God, I won't let go. And we're wondering why we're so heavy, so burdened. Maybe it's the weight of reoccurring sins. You know, things that we've tried to get rid of on our own strength. But we continually find ourselves entangled, and it keeps coming back again and again. It could be memories from past mistakes. It could be, you know, addictions or wrongful habits. Or sometimes it's just simply the weight of distractions. And the question is, is what keeps us from progressing spiritually? What keeps us from... Running the race. It could be good things again. It could be your ambition. It could be the continuous scroll. It could be kids' sports. It could be your career. It could be all of the distractions in our Western culture. But here's the thing. Our culture says life is short 
you better enjoy it. But the Bible says eternity is long, and are you prepared to meet God? And I think we all need to ask the question, what is weighing us down? What's keeping us from running the good race? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it our pride? Is it our unforgiveness? And God's saying, throw off everything that hinders. Get rid of it. Run. Next, he says, run with endurance. Run with endurance. Hebrews 12.1, if we keep reading, it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set out before us. Again, there's this metaphor that we are to run like it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. That we need to actually accumulate the endurance to run towards Christ day in and day out because it's not going to be an easy run. To run with endurance means that we need to exercise our spiritual muscles that we need to train, that we need to grow. And for example, if you want to be a great swimmer, what do you do? You start to swim against the current. You start to practice. You start to exercise. You do hard things so that you can get better. Spiritual muscles are exercises we serve Christ, even when we don't feel like it. Spiritual muscles are exercised when we pray and read God's word, especially when we don't want to. Spiritual exercise or muscles are exercised when we're careful with our words. Self-control is exercised when we hold back our reactions and don't say the thing that we want to at times. And self-control is exercised when we manage our resources for Christ, when we train for the big race. But actually notice that it says that the race was set out by God? That we don't actually get to choose our race? We don't get to choose our steps? Or exactly the ministry that God wants us to serve in? Because the race is following Christ and remaining faithful to the end. So how do we actually know then what our race is? How do we know what we're called to do? I love what Kevin DeYoung says. He says this, God, or sorry, does God have a secret will of direction that he expects us to figure out before we do anything? He says the answer is no. But yes, God has a specific race for each of us. But for each person, it's actually different. So do we need to spend all of our time going, okay, God, should I do this or that? At times. But I think more importantly, God has a specific plan, and the plan is to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus in every area of your life. To follow Jesus as you parent. To follow Jesus as you go to work. To follow Jesus as you interact with your neighbors. That's the plan. He says, follow Christ.
think generally speaking, you know, Jesus gives us some direction. You know, in Mark 12, verse 30 to 31, he says this, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it, the second command, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So generally speaking, the race is loving God. Are you loving God with everything that you have? And then are you loving your neighbor as yourself? But I think Jesus gives us even a few more clues on what our race looks like. A few more markers along the way to go, yes, I'm running the race. It's the Great Commission. He says in Matthew 28, 19, Therefore, go, and I want to emphasize, as you go about your life, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. As you go, as you run your race, make disciples. In other words, disciples make disciples. I heard someone say this, when does actually discipleship start? Does it start when you, you know, you pray a prayer, I'm saved, then I need to be discipled? If you look at Jesus' life, discipleship actually starts at the point of relationship. It starts when he starts interacting with people that need Jesus. And, and in that relationship, he disciples them. He shows them a better way. He shows them how to follow Christ. The Greek word for disciple means learner. We need to be a learner, a listener, and a practitioner of Jesus. And the Great Commission is the great assignment, the great race for all of us to participate in. In other words, a disciple of Jesus becomes his learner forever. And as we're running the race, we're learning. We're learning how to follow Jesus as the storms come, as the troubles come, as conflict comes. Oh, how do I follow Jesus? Lord, help me to love you and others. Lord, help me to make disciples with, of my kids, of my friends, of my colleagues. But above all, help me to love you. You know, as we're learning, we're learning to deny ourselves and follow Christ. We're learning to hate sin and love holiness. We're learning to serve and love Christ's church, even with her imperfections. We're learning to love the lost and the nations. This is the race. And the question that we all need to be asking is, who is actually responsible for making disciples? Is it the pastor? Yes. Is it the staff? Yes. 
Actually, it's all Christians. All Christians are called to enter the race and to run. And as they go, to make disciples. To borrow again from Kevin DeYoung, he says this. If someone recorded your life for a week and then showed it to a group of strangers, what would they say was the good portion of your life? What would be highlighted? What would be noted? And he says, what would they conclude was the one thing that you must get done every day? Is it folding laundry? Is it cleaning your house? Is it catching up on emails? Is it posting on social media? Is it mowing your lawn, watching the game, whatever it is? What is the one thing that they would say that is the most important thing to that person? Then he says, I have plenty of things to do myself. But out of all the concerns in our lives, we can honestly say and show that sitting at the feet of Jesus may not be one of them. And he says, no doubt, some Christians need to be shaken out of their lethargy, and they need to get busy for the kingdom. But others, they're just too busy. And here's the quote I'm going to put up on the screen. He says this, busyness does not mean you are a faithful or fruitful Christian. It only means that you are busy like everyone else. pops the bully. He pops my ego, <laughs> my pride. And I want to tell you, as a church leadership, we are asking this question, the same question. Are we just busy? Running programs and events, just doing things? Or are we actually making disciples? And individually, are we just busy doing things? Or are we actually running the race and participating with what God has called each of us to do and make disciples in some way or form? Oh, no, we're not going to get it perfect. Oh, no, we don't need another formula. I get that. But are we running the race, the specific race that God has called you to run, to participate in, to be in relationship in? What is the good portion of your life? So how do we actually do this? So it's not this utopian idea. How do we actually make disciples and run this race well? Well, lastly, we need to focus on the goal. We need to focus on the goal. In Hebrews 11, 2 says this, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, looking to Jesus, I like how the NIV says it. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. In other words, Jesus is our example. He perfectly finished the race. 
He stands at the finish line and he waits for us to run. He's waiting with arms wide open. He's saying, come, run to me, follow me. I'm here, I'm waiting for you. The goal is worth it. Throw off everything that hinders. Throw off the distractions. Throw off the sin that's entangling you. But notice that it actually says Jesus is our founder and perfecter. In other words, Jesus, the word founder means he's our pioneer. He's our leader in faith. He's our perfecter. He's our finisher of our faith. He's the one who actually brings us to the intended goal because of what he did on the cross. It's this race that we walk with Christ. The Spirit is with us. We are not running alone. We are running with God. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Someone says it this way. What does it mean to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? Well, it means that you need to lock eyes with the one who saved your soul. It simply means that you should have such a connection with him every, in such a way that every part of your life starts to align. He is the key and you are the lock. And a key serves as a security for access to a locked area that only persons who have the correct key can open up the lock and access God. God and eternity. It means that although life is hard at times, you have such a connection with Jesus that you do not waver. You know he's got you. You know where you're running. You know who you are in Christ. You know that you belong to him. How do you know this? Because your eyes are fixed on Jesus. I think one of my favorite stories in the Gospels is the story of Peter when he goes to walk on water. You know, life is stormy. The boat feels like it's going to shake. And out of the chaos, the storm, and the distractions, he sees Jesus. Jesus, is that you? He says, yes, Peter. Come, walk on water. What? Peter is crazy enough to actually get out on the water and take a step. Think about that. He had enough faith to do that. And then take another step. And then another step. But then it says in verse 30 of Matthew 14, then he saw the wind and he became afraid and he began to sink and cry out. What happened? He started to look at the storm and his circumstances, and he began to sink. 
Peter lost his focus for a moment. His eyes were fixed on something other than Christ. What does Jesus do? Calls out to Peter, Peter, look, I'm here. Keep walking. Keep coming towards me. And then it says Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him and embraced him. Where are your eyes fixed? In the race of the Christian life, we are called to focus on one thing. We are called to fix our eyes on Jesus. And it's a challenge for all of us to get rid of everything that hinders, that distracts us, that keeps us from running this good race. As Paul says, fight the good fight. Finish well. And this is why we're saying as a church, we want to be focused. We want to allow ourselves to say no to good things so that we can stay focused on our shared vision. We want to reflect regularly to ensure that we keep the main thing the main thing. It's Christ. I'm going to call up the worship team. But as we close, I have some questions for us. This is a moment between you and God. And maybe some of us need to actually get back in the race, and that's the one step forward, that you've been distracted by your circumstances. You've been distracted with sin or whatever it is. And God's saying, get back in the race this morning. Maybe the first question that we need to ask ourselves, what is actually hindering us from running this race? Ask God. Ask the Spirit to reveal that to you. And then take a moment to confess that to God and repent. And then ask the Spirit of God to help you create rhythms in your life so that you can continually fix your eyes on Christ and finish His race. You could share, that's okay. <laughs> Let's pray. Jesus, You are so beautiful, and we want to fix our eyes on you this morning. I, God, I just pray against distraction. God, I pray against all the things that hinder. God, I pray that you would speak to hearts this morning. That we would have moments in which we are seeing people being freed because they're throwing off the things that hinder, because they're entering back into your race, a race in which they are participating with you to make disciples building spiritual muscles so that they can run with endurance. So that we can see people coming to Christ because we are walking in obedience. But ultimately, when we get to that finish line, we can see you with your arms wide open, wanting to embrace us, wanting us to 
join you for all of eternity in relationship because of what you did on the cross. So God, I pray if there's someone here that does not know you, that today would be the day that they take that first step to enter into your race, that they would come and talk to a friend or myself, admit their sin, believe in you, and commit their life. In Jesus' name I pray.